All right, guys, welcome back to the A&D Podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm Aaron. Thank you for joining us. And this is our New Year's 2021, technically, episode. 2021. 20, 2020 to 2021 episode. We're going to be looking back at the year very briefly and talk about some of the things that we are hoping to accomplish on the year ahead and maybe bash a couple of traditional New Year's resolutions along the way. I think resolutions in general, but we won't t- tip our hand too much. We'll just... You only see them at the turn of the year, though, I feel like. Like, no one makes a resolution with themselves except when the new year comes around. Or if something tragic has happened, they're like, you know what? It's time to get this ship Gotta up Gotta turn running. around. Gotta wait till next year. <laughs> something shitty happens in February? Well, I guess <laughs> I gotta wait it out 10 months. I tried. All right, man. You want to well, kick off here? Well, I was going to say, do you want to... We kind of already started with resolutions. Do you want to go there? Or do you want to do your review first no i want to go with the review man let's let's look at where we've been all right well kick it off what was your um what was your uh if you could some summarize this past year in one two words what would you call it oh man i know i have only two words here um Give me a second here. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Those are my those are my party poppers. <laughs> to celebrate the new year. Unbelievably, no, no. unexpectedly. Oh, there's a 10 cent word there. Well, I mean, I got to make them count with only two. <laughs> You've unexpectedly. Oh, man, I'm trying to, trying to think. Of how... Revolutionary unexpectedly revolutionary yeah no one saw it coming this year not only did we not expect what all happened but as revolutionary from the standpoint of we had to figure out a way to evolve literally and overcome this pandemic Mm -hmm. um which we're going to talk about we had an election which is always crazy in that you always have two or more sides arguing it out. So it was so many things happening. I would say it was unexpectedly, I don't like revolutionary. That was not a good word. Unexpectedly. Mm, help me out. What two, what two you got? Let's build it. Well, I was, I had a couple, I had one in mind. Well, two technically in mind. It was more of a phrase. I was going to say shit show, but I think. I disagree. See, I don't like that one. That's that's the more you were talking about it, the more I was kind of like, you know, I, I have to disagree with myself on that one because I think ultimately, and again, this may be the, the optimism in both of us, I think through the bad, there was some good. I mean, there was a lot of learning. You know, we, we to your point, evolved. I think unexpectedly evolving is an interesting way to put it. Um, maybe it's, it's not harsh enough for me. I think it was, um, unrelenting evolving. I could take unrelenting. I don't see, I don't want, as we go into a new year, I don't want to look back at this past year and say it was a lost cause. I don't want to say it was a shit show. I don't want to say it was a waste or a loss. I don't want to say any of that because I think a lot of good came out of it. I think in a time where everyone was forced to stay home you had to find a way to make it work, which either meant working remotely. Mm. Sure, it meant a lot of small businesses went out of uh, out of business, which is terribly unfortunate, but it opened up the door to um, remote businesses, mm-hmm. online businesses that 
existing businesses either had to pivot or new businesses had to step into the spotlight. So it changed things and I think gave some people the opportunity to really grow an online platform in a way that they probably couldn't have done while things were all open and people were going everywhere for work and shopping and what have you. So I think that there is a very thin silver lining to that. I think, again, I'm not a super political person, um, but with all of the stuff happening in the election, sure, it seemed to tear a lot of people apart. But I think when people are busy arguing, it also opens doors for people to need thorough communication more. So it showed a need for people to be yeah. with one another. It showed a need for people mm-hmm. to elaborate and draw on their ideas and help help other people understand them. Because I think everyone learned if you're just yelling your point louder than the other person, it never gets across. But if you take the time to actually sit down with someone and try to express your ideas and hear their ideas genuinely, I think there's a place of growing and learning and patience um, and compassion when you can understand the other person's side. So I don't want to say the whole year was a loss. Mm -hmm. Sure, it was rough. Boy, was it rough. But there's two ways you can take that, right? Either it's a loss, in which case you lost out on 365 days. It sucks to be you. Or there's a silver lining that I gained from all of this, which hopefully people are on that side of. Well, I think um, I I do agree with that 100%. But I also think there needs to be a caveat that says um, we can also say that it wasn't 100% a loss because like, I don't mean to be a brag, but like both of us have been employed throughout the whole time. So we're able to look at employed or unemployed employed, employed, E employed. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. Right. Right? So from one of my jobs, I was out, I think two or three months, um, without any pay, which is of course tough and brutal Mm -hmm. and hard. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to be able to come back to that job. Um, like I said, there's people on all sides of the issue, right? Some people were on unemployment for all that time. And for them, they made more than they would be if they went back to work. I didn't have that. So, you know, it's like you're just struggling to make it work. You got to do what you got to do. But to have that time off is something that, especially in America, we don't take the time to necessarily do as much. We're not mm. as comfortable putting work on the back burner. And this pandemic said, well, be prepared to because there will come right. a day in March when it all stops and you got to figure out what to do, not just for a living, but for your own sanity. And I think that's eye opening and probably terrifying for a lot of people, but hopefully something that people can make a silver lining out of or find some kind of peace in. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I I guess I get that point, but I I also like, you know, I don't want it to make it sound like we're saying like, yeah, it kind of sucked, but it was kind of good too, because there are still a ton of people that are struggling and like, no doubt. um, but I guess that's kind of my, I want to make sure we're not saying like, well, I'm not saying it was a blessing. Bah. I'm not saying it was a blessing. Yeah. I'm saying for those that look hard enough, you can find ways to benefit from it in some way, uh, shape or form and some yeah. thankful for. And if it just sucks all the way around and terribly sorry to hear that, I know that this pandemic has hit people um, really, really hard. And I know I'm on the fortunate side of things. I don't ever take that for granted, right. but I was just say it. people are struggling for sure. At some point in time, we'd like to look back and hopefully everybody has had some type of silver lining within this this time, right? Like if your first couple of weeks, if you've been unemployed, if it was like, you know what? Cool. I'm going to catch up on my hobbies. Because honestly, like I know a lot of people that did that. They were like, it was kind of nice. I got to just sit back and take a second. And then after like the second or third week, they were like, this sucks. I want to move on. But the point is like, you know, you had that, that moment of like, I'm okay with this. I think the tougher lesson 
is that the pandemic helped to show people where their budget is at. Meaning, you know, you think you have this job and it's paying for all of these things and you live a really nice lifestyle. Good. Happy for you. Don't get me wrong. But when the pandemic hit and that income got pulled out from under your feet, were you still able to afford it? Were you living above your means perhaps? Was it stretched thin, but you were able to do that? It, in a really interesting way, I think reshuffled people's priorities of saying, well, what really matters? The nice car that's going to be parked in the driveway for three months because you can't go anywhere or, you know, the nice house that you and your family are now stuck in for three months in a good way. Is that a good thing to have all that space that you originally bought that house for? Or, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think that's a it's a wonderful thing. It's a tough lesson to learn for people that, you know, don't have their budget in a line. But I think it, it came out to, to hopefully help some people and sure probably wrecked others. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's a fair point too, is it kind of, I guess it still kind of goes back to that perspective of, you know, it looking at it as it, it made you sit down and think, okay, is this where I need to be? Hopefully you're good. If you're not, then you can kind of like go back to the drawing board. Hopefully you have the, the ability to do that. You know? So I guess my whole thing is like continually looking at it over the lens of like, what did I learn? Because maybe that's just kind of where I come from in a lot of my like fall flat on my face moments where it's like, okay, that sucked. What happened? And you can kind of like take a step back and go, ah, I see where we went wrong here. That's why I'm in a ditch right now or like whatever it is. But for some people, reflection is a tough place to be. That's an uncomfortable for sure. place for some people. For you know? sure. It's taken me, it's taken me too long to get there. So yeah. I, and that's, that's why I like say that because I know, it was a, it's always been a struggle for me to like take a second and step back and go, okay, hold on here and like reflect and and what is it? Reflect, recharge and reinvigorate. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's some people just aren't prepared to be locked in their house with their demons for three months and other people's demons. If you know, I was going to say it's, it's a tough spot for, for a lot of people, but could be eye opening. But anywho, we were talking about a uh, couple of words to describe this. Let's talk about some of the events that made 2020 what they were. Let's continue to dive into them. There was one that you mentioned that you were super excited to talk about. That was sarcasm. That's what I was excited oh. to talk about. Not excited what? to talk about, but I wanted to highlight. Yeah, go for it. The passing of Kobe Bryant, uh, NBA legend, man. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I want to preface with, I am not a huge lover of basketball i have an appreciation for many many sports basketball being one of them i don't follow it but i can respect the fact that he was one of the fucking greats man one of the fucking greats i was gonna say you i think you are and not to digress but you are not so much a sports person but you are an athlete's person so if a sport specifically has if there's a, a high athletic component, that's, I think, the part that interests you. I'm an admirer of excellence, professional excellence. Sure. If someone excels in their domain. Doctored it up there, Joe Dirt, but sure. Sure. I, I admire people that take their craft seriously <laughs> and operate at a high level and hold others on their team accountable, whether that's in a professional athletic organization or in a business. If you hold yourself to a high code of conduct and everyone else around you and you play the game as well as you can and operate at a high level for as long as he did, who can't respect that, man? Who that's can't? That's fair. I mean, again, we talked about this before the um, before we kicked off here. Um, obviously, I, I didn't follow his life you know, super closely, but... I have respect for a guy that lived with that level of discipline 
and just committed himself not just to the game but future generations of the game and helping other people become better like oh, it's tragic man his passing is so tragic it's tough. well i think it's it's tough to say i mean and this is maybe not so much the optimist but maybe the realist i mean it's 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 unfortunate yes however I mean, his passing is will inspire a, a you know a new breed of of people to strive to what he had, but I don't think we can really talk about it with also out try again without also <clears throat> talking about like it wasn't just him, you know, like nine other people passed away, yeah, including his daughter. Like that's the part that that hurts me the most. It's like I I, man. I get the whole like he was a great athlete, all these things, but like. I mean, nine other people. Taking it out of the athletic realm, yeah. I get what you're saying. Taking it out it of just, the athletics and who he was for a yep. father in a tragic accident like that to pass away with his child is so just unfathomably tough, man. And, oh, man. I, I remember, you know how everything has like 15 seconds of, of limelight on it? You get like 15 seconds of fame. Everyone, you know, reads a story. They, they throw a like on a, on a memorial post and they keep scrolling. Mm-hmm. It was like, I saw this stuff for a week. Mm-hmm. at least which talks to the level of impact that he had not just in the game but in every like this is why i say he touched people's lives outside the game it wasn't just that he was good at what he did but he held himself at such a high level that he at a distance touched other people's lives like that's that's the right way to do it as not just as an athlete but as a person to hold yourself at a high level and not just inspire those on your team but those at a distance through just how you act on the court man man what an impact he had to, mm-hmm. to just for that story to stay in people in the front of people for so long. Oh, I was, I was just shocked when I found that out early on in 2020 shocked. I think yeah, that was, that was um, where we read. Mm. If I remember right. Yeah. I don't, I thought it was like February, March sometime. And not too long after that, I was standing around people at, uh, at one of my jobs the other day and I was like his passing was literally what opened not Pandora's box but Pandora's toy chest of just havoc on 2020 like his passing was the beginning of the year that 2020 was like I mean it was tragic no one saw it it was heartbreaking a month later the uh the COVID stuff hits and it's like oh, I think even before then it might be um, an event in 2020 that I'm forgetting here. You got something? Well, I don't know when COVID hit specifically, but I mean, I can't here. forget about like the George Floyd stuff. I mean, that was June, February, March, April. Oh, I guess it was May. That was mid. Well, so now, again, we're building timelines here. So that yeah. was in um, COVID stuff happened in March, as I recall. That's when a lot of jobs were shutting down. And I see that's when stuff yeah, really sheltered. And then, that's you know, point. we were told, hey, you're going to stay in your houses for eh, we don't know how long but you can't shop you can't go to businesses you can't go out and about you can't keep your sanity or spend time with the people you care about that you normally would it's like summer break but no one can leave the house what what's the fucking point well safety was the point i mean it was sure to keep people not infecting each other i guess that's sure that be the but point. if we're talking about a quarantine right now for people that is 14 days or 10 days depending on if you show symptoms or not why are we in the house for three fucking months man well because i think nobody knew the gravity of it and it i mean you look at all the other countries that are now 
better off statistically, or at least in a better spot statistically that actually took it seriously and, you know, did the things that they needed to do. All right. So I shouldn't say what's the point. Yeah. To have everyone locked in their houses. It was tough. It was awful. There's a whole lot of arguments for why you should have a lockdown. Sure. It's not just terrible for the economy, but it's terrible for people's sanities like we just talked about. And you take Mm. all of the madness when people are locked up in their houses on an election year where there's already a high level of tension in the air. And then, to your point, you brought up the George Floyd case, which was just like the final nail in the coffin of people's sanity. Like they've been locked up all this time in their houses and they needed something. I shouldn't say they need something, but this gave a lot of people an opportunity to voice their opinion, which is wonderful and you should do absolutely. But in the midst of a pandemic, it's like you can't go to businesses, but you can go out and protest. I'm not saying they shouldn't protest. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying you're talking about all these people that were locked up and they're still in the middle of a pandemic. And now there's these large numbers of protests and it's like, well, how's that going to impact the numbers? You know what I mean? It's like there was so much so much chaos in 2020 from being mm. locked in, which just drove people crazy to this horrific, horrific event that just, I think, lit people on fire with with passion for what's right. And, mm. oh, boy, it, it just... I remember just seeing all of this stuff happening in the news because I tried to stay, you know, in my house as much as possible aside from work. But like seeing what everybody was feeling and feeling that level of, you know, you have people that feel one way and you have people that feel another way. And I'm, you know, I try to a middle line in a lot of things and I try to be understanding of both sides. It's just like I, I feel all this tension from everywhere, from everyone. It's like you, you can't, you, you can't even go out and blow off steam with friends because no, no bars or restaurants are open. It was just. Like people had no other choice but to be driven mad by by these events, you know. Well, I think, I mean, I get what you're trying to say. I just I don't want to like lose the the gravity of it. Is that, I mean, it's a a huge social and injustice that absolutely needed needed that type of publicity. So it's kind of like absolutely. I mean, here my my whole big thing has been <clears throat> be smart and do it right and do something right so like if you have to to go somewhere wear your mask keep your distance like yeah don't go if you if you feel ill point blank like plain and simple right so for something so powerful like those moments in 2020 where you know somebody lost their life and didn't need to yeah yeah, you you want to take the streets absolutely you know i mean that's but you do it right. You I want to say like you... I don't. I don't hope. I hope I didn't get off the give off the vibe of saying that this was the only event that drew people out of their houses. That's not what I'm getting at at all. I think it's beautiful for people to voice their opinion in numbers. Right? You have the right to peacefully protest. You have the right for your voice to be heard. That's one of the beautiful freedoms that you have in this country. Mm-hmm. And so, to your point, you're absolutely right that sure take all the you know necessary safety precautions like wearing your mask and distancing. But it's absolutely paramount that you have your voice heard. It's absolutely mm-hmm. important that you stand up for what's right. It's absolutely important that you express um, how, not just how you feel, but what's right and what you stand for and stand together with other people that, that believe that. That's absolutely important. But it couldn't have come in a more volatile time. Worst time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, which is, you, you almost wonder if the pandemic hadn't hit and the economy was just running as it normally had. And this event took place. 
how would things have been different or would they have been the exact same or would they have been more elevated with more tension? I don't know. I don't have that answer, but I'm just, it's a weird amalgamation of all these events that just kind of build off one another. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I agree. And I think it's, it's an interesting thought, um, thought exercise to say like what would have been, but like, that's a terrible way to live. So I don't even honor that, you know, and I'm not even going to give that really the time of day to say, you know, if all of this terrible stuff happened and we weren't all like, you know, at risk for a giant infection, would things be different? I don't care. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to try to live like that, but I think, I, I guess I would hope that things be, things wouldn't, I don't want to say this, that the progress that is made being, you know, injustices coming to light people having conversations about things that are heavy that maybe they wouldn't have conversations about previously. Like if you're locked in a house with somebody and you've never had a clear cut conversation about politics and it comes up and you're like, this is something we have to discuss. I recently wed, luckily we've had to have conversations about, yes, thank you. Recently had, or previously I've had to have conversations about, you know, what do you believe is, is right and true and just? So we're kind of good there, but imagine like a, a, a new relationship that has never had in, you know, um, has never had to face that, that brunt, that, that tough conversation. I mean, it's a, it's a trying time. Absolutely. And I hate saying it like that, but it's, it's trying in the sense that it it's going to put you through the ringer, but I think, and this is going to sound terrible, but I, I think it's kind of what is necessary sometimes like you've got to push yourself to what you know the conversations you mean correct yeah yeah Yeah. so you've got to um, push yourself out of your own comfort zone however that happens i can't say but i i'm a a huge proponent of like you've got to sit down and and have a conversation as much as tough man oh absolutely that's that's my point i mean everybody knows it's gonna be terrible worth reiterating like the uncomfortable conversations or, you know, as you, as you know, we have a book club at one of my jobs and, Mm. um, and one of the books we read was crucial conversations. And it's so important. And this sounds cheesy. I know it does. I don't give a fuck. It's so important to have a space to talk. That is a safe place. And I know Mm. that's such a overused phrase, but there's, you know, two routes that people take when you try to introduce a conversation and that's, you know, fight or flight, either they're going to battle you on that point or they're going to pull themselves back and not share anything. And your job as a person that's trying to hold this crucial conversation is to thread that needle, land in the middle so they feel comfortable enough to talk, mm-hmm. which, you know, is an art in and of itself. But so we're looking at the pandemic hit. The George Floyd incident happened. What else in 2020 do you think is worth mentioning? I mean, I can think of things in my life that were worth mentioning, but given the the current like conversation we're in, I feel like they're kind of uh, a little bit on the let's do this the let's, lower end of the scale. Let's touch on those when, right before New Year's resolutions. We'll bring That's those great. up. We'll do a personal year in review, and then um, one thing I do want to talk about, and we briefly mentioned on, is the elections. Mm-hmm. I'm not a political guy. I don't really have a dog in the fight necessarily. I don't. I try to understand both sides as much as I can. Mm-hmm. But I think the election from this past year was just handled horrendously in terms of the debates were chaotic. 
when I heard people talking about the elections, it was just, it's, it was always a, a version of me versus you, of, mm-hmm. of them versus us. And it was never, I shouldn't say never, it was very rarely a, hey, let's understand the middle ground. Let's understand yeah. the other position. Let's try to articulate our points in a way that makes sense to them. It was just, well, this is right. Well, he's crazy. Well, that's wrong. Well, he's absurd. And it's just, I was telling you this off mic, but when you have youth athletes that are 12. When when the youths can tell you something, you already 10, know. 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14 coming up to you and saying, you know, did you watch the debates? Yes. Yes, I did watch the debates. Unfortunately. What did you think of them? And the kid looks at me and goes, they didn't behave well at all. And I was like, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. You're talking about you're talking about young athletes who may or may not grasp all the intricacies of politics. More than likely, they probably don't. But I would be hard say. pressed to find a 12 year old that understood politics. I'm I sure do. they're out there. But my point is, you take everything political out of it, and you just look at how these two people spoke to one another. Adults. Two yep. adults. Yep. How two adults spoke to one another, and you have kids. And again, this is on the grandest stage of them all. They're running to be the leader of the free world. And the kids say, they didn't behave well. <laughs> or, did you hear he told them to shut up? And it's like, oh, like, oh my goodness, what are these kids seeing? This is such a, such a shit show, such a bad example. Like, it, it should be that that office is held with such dignity and such respect that two people can have a conversation to debate the issues and the platforms on which they stand. But it was just, I'm not saying that there was a clear right in this or there was a clear wrong in this. It was just the behavior alone of two people just, oh, it was so rough to watch. All of it Isn't was so it, rough to watch. To me, it's really interesting to see like, because I'm with you on that one. I honestly, I, I try to, I'm not going to, I hope I don't tip my hand as to to where I lean, but I, I try to stay as middle ground as I can. I mean, I, I find media sources that lean both ways and, and try to find that middle ground as best I can. Sure. Um, but isn't it, it, I think it's just so interesting that you see people that are hard one way or the other and they say, well, you know, I just think the the decorum of, you know, this other candidate or the other, whatever the opposite is. The hypocrisy. Is just, yeah, yeah, it's just, it that, hurts. That, it's my, that my candidate X all over. behaved yep. so well, and I can't believe the candidate Y just spoke mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, you didn't you didn't see anything wrong Clearly with how, we how, had, you, we how your dog in the fight ways. didn't behave yeah. too well there either. Like, yeah. the, just the level of people being, I think, you're right, blindsided or... Um, well, I think blindsided, I guess, for me implies like... Yeah, this is a bad you, word. Well, you I mean, didn't know blind, it was happening. Blind to the hypocrisy of their own yep, side. The blind I following mean, is the part it, that hurts yeah. me the most. Yeah, that was that was terrible. And at a time when I'll say this, I'm gonna tip my hand a little bit, just a wee <laughs> bit. Like him, love him, or hate him, I think Obama was a just a well-spoken leader, mm. and I think he was very articulate and carried himself well. So to go from that to this election to where two people are, I think arguing is kind of high praise compared to what they were saying. It's just like, I think you need a leader at a time like this. I say that to say this, you need a leader at a time like this that can carry themselves with patience, that can be articulate and that can structure their thoughts and views in a way that isn't stomping on the other side 
that just understands the country that they're trying to lead, you know, like mm. it mm-hmm. go for it. That's just how I feel. Well, I mean, I was just going to kind of echo it a little bit. I think I understand what you're saying of being like well-spoken, but I think a lot of people view that as um, old news and like being tired of that which is just so fascinating to me because why wouldn't you, right? Why wouldn't you want somebody who you, who is, who is representing you on the world stage, be a well-spoken individual? Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't work for somebody who, who had, you know, a loud mouth and couldn't understand and, you know, didn't want to understand employees and subordinates. Why would I want? Just want to throw another disclaimer in there. We are not saying one way or the other. We're not taking a side in this. Nope. We're not even discussing really political nope. views. It's just how things were handled. How we all throughout the election interpreted process interpreted the information. That is yeah. what it is. Yeah. That's it's the way insane. I see this. I'm not I'm trying to tip my hand as best I can. Yeah, I mean everybody has, you know, a view or a side that they lean towards, and this episode mm-hmm. at least is certainly not about that. It's just about the the event of the election itself and the chaos that it was preceded by and that surrounded it it was just such a such well and a it was fuck. it was just so frustrating to watch too because like I, I i don't know how much i've talked on this but i know you and i talked enough that like arguing in general makes me anxious like having two people that are clearly opposed go go at it makes me so anxious but then to put on top of it, and this is kind of unrelated but related, whenever anybody argues like semantics of like, well, you you said they instead of them, or that's a kind of a poor example, but like the point I'm trying to make is that when it becomes like and like an ad hominem. You're nitpicking shit. Yes, when you're it's a nitpicking argument or a straw man argument or something like that where it's just kind of like, huh. It just oh my god, it makes you so uncomfortable because nobody's right. Nobody can be right. Arguing doesn't make me uncomfortable, I'll well, say. Well, I want to... Because I watch a lot of reality television. But when I'm talking about someone that's going to govern the the whole U.S., mm. that's not a stage for it. That's not a place for it. I agree with that. I wanted to kind of surmise that last little bit and say, I have no problem postulating and hypothetically, but it's different when you're hypothesizing your point right when it becomes like you're so let's dive down this rabbit argument. hole real quick let's dive yeah. down this rabbit hole because i took a, a sure. class in logic in in college and i did so well that i barely passed so oh me too bet so we have a lot of ground to stand on here <laughs> yeah we do so if i may lend a machete to your intellectual thicket here what i'm hearing is what stresses you out is when you nitpick finer points when people are picking pennies out instead of the dollar when you're picking little things that will not necessarily make or break the claim that you're trying to substantiate that's what bothers you what does not bother you is when you talk in futures and hypotheticals moving forward maybe all right so let me reword this let me reword this well well i was going to say i'll i'll give you credit on the first half where it's it's when you you pick apart the verbiage or like what was said versus like tone policing that does kind of irritate the snout out of me. 
like I'll call somebody out if they if they take a tone if they're like bah. or like I don't I don't know that's I'll call somebody out and it's like hey was that meant to sound kind of short because it felt kind of short but if it's in an argument and I'm like or if it's in an argument I'm like hey you're getting kind of heated I'll I'll like like I want to talk about this like calmly and rationally so I, I try not to tone police in that way so you're saying the raisin tone is what bothers you or when people pick apart someone's tone in an argument I think they're two separate things okay I guess it's like nitpicking in a situation or an argument is frustrating maybe that's a better word for it it just frustrates me because it feels irrelevant that's probably a better way to say it because I, I feel like and I try not to do it in my well, own we life we dealt with a whole bunch of nitpicking this year yes yes we did yeah okay i think i follow you then yeah so i guess that's probably it frustrates me to to the point of anger maybe it frustrates you more than a little bit we'll say it frustrates it frust, it frustrates me probably more than it should that's what that's how i'll say it yeah that's i, feel I will say saying that. the silver lining because i always try to find that yeah is that while talking to a lot of these youth athletes, I realized that more young people Which kind of athletes? involved youth, the youth, youths. <laughs> while talking to the youth athletes, I realized that more young people were not necessarily involved, but certainly engaged with what was going on this year than I think I have ever seen, which is, I think, great. Um, it's so important that young people, youths, do take attention and care to politics at an early age, not because they need to have a dog in the fight, but because they need to understand how the world works, how these leaders are put where they're put and how to have your voice be heard. I think it's so important for them to be educated early on about that. So even though, you know, certain candidates got a little rambunctious during this year's election, yeah, I think it's the, the silver lining is that there were more eyes on it than there ever was. Mm. Um, so hopefully, you know, more young people do get involved and, you know, take action, get involved, cast a vote, learn more. Yeah, absolutely. Educate yourself. I mean, hundred percent. Yeah. Whatever way, whatever way you fall, educate yourself. Um, so I have a last final point because, you know, we like to kind of drift postulate, uh, how, how will you, encourage your children to get involved if you if you will i yeah are you gonna be like you should run for student council or that's not a bad way no it's not i'm just raise a a little leslie nope (laughs) (laughs) i thought you were going i don't know why (laughs) um nothing wrong with student council i think the best thing you can do for a young mind is to engage with it meaning i talked about this on an earlier episode one of the things that i remember the most about my grandmother's that she took the time to hear out whatever I had to say, even if it was complete nonsense, complete, complete trash, just nonsense. Do you, do you think you ever said nonsense like that as a kid? No, I mean, I was trying to give the audience the benefit of the doubt that, you oh, know, okay. yeah, I was trying to just trying to be humble there and thanks for calling it out. But um, yeah, you definitely, definitely gave nonsense. Um, so <laughs> she always did a great job of hearing me out, asking questions and, talking to me like I was an actual person rather than just a kid that was spewing nonsense. And that allowed, you know, me to have confidence and explore things and 
try things. And I think that's the best thing you can do. So when your kid hears something on the news, again, using the, the example of my kid in the future, if they hear something on the news, I kind of pick and poke and ask, where did you hear that? Well, mm-hmm. What do you think that means? Well, what other kind of news does that source put out? Well, what are you hearing from other news sources? And if they don't have good answers, just encourage them to do their research. Say, that's fine and yep. well and good. Learn more about it. If you feel passionately about that, dive more. Learn from other sources. You tell me what you're hearing. I would love to learn through you what you find. And then if they are passionate about that, you know, they go guns blazing, doing their research, and then maybe they learn more about the other side, this and that, and they switch back and forth and hopefully develop the really well-balanced, thought-out view on the world and politics. And either they educate me or if I have my own opinion that's, you know, formed in stone, at least I'll allow them to feel heard. I think that's probably one of the best things you can do for the youths. I try to do that with my youth athletes. When my youngest athletes, she never spews nonsense, not even once, but she's an angel. She is. She is. She'll, you know, say things to me and I'll just, you know, kind of nod my head and I'll ask her more and I'll, you know, ask her questions about, well, what do you do at this gym? Well, what do you do at practice? Well, what kind of skills are you working on? What kind of, you know, movements do you do? Well, what hurts? What aches? How long has that been? Like, it's just, it's a, I would have that same conversation with any of the pros that I work with, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I might talk to them in a more, you know, serious tone. I might make more eye contact, it might be more intense because they're adults. But I mean, it's the same questions. So, what are you doing out, you know, at your other, at your other practices and your other sessions? I'm doing this and that and another thing. Oh, okay. How much of that? Does that ever hurt hips, knees, ankles, back, anything? Oh, no. Just you talk to her like a, you know, real full grown adult. And I think that's the best thing you can do for actual adult, like a full grown adult. You know, I think that's the best thing you can do for young people. So when you're talking about getting them involved, see what they're passionate about. If they're not involved, if they don't care about politics, that's fine. But there will come a day where they ask me and I won't have an answer. And I'll say, tell you what, you do the, you do the research. Tell me what you Mm -hmm. find. Let's see. And then they'll do their Google search on, not their smartphone, but whatever they have in the in the future. And their holographic device that yep. inputs the information in their brain. Or and their holographic tattoo happens. on their arm, they just type it yeah. in and the answer pops into their brain. Yep. Yep. See, there it is, Dad. There's the answer. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, okay. How'd you do that on your arm there? <laughs> We're born with a dad. God. <laughs> so, I mean, what other questions you got there? No, I mean that was pretty much my last little ringer. Uh, uh so year in review. We talked about yeah. Kobe passing talked about pandemic kicking off talked about the tragic George Floyd incident um, talked about the election I see only one more event to touch on my best friend got married oh thanks (laughs) I hope it's me at least (laughs) it's gonna be a a real awkward second half if this is (laughs) takes change uh, happy for you, man. And again, Thanks. if you want to touch on it, you certainly don't have to, but a wedding in the midst of mm-hmm. a pandemic is a tough thing to prepare for and plan for. And I know that a wedding in itself is a stressful event, let alone at a time where, you know, people can't even really get together for the holidays. So I'm sure it was a heck of a time from your standpoint, man. You know, it was for sure. It was a heck of a time. I'm not going to sugarcoat that and say it was fun. It was fine. Whatever. Like it, it sucked. It was tough, but I think what was more difficult and the toughest part of it all is that we continued to plan until we were told not to, 
and having all that work theoretically at some point in time was just washed away. Like we were just kind of like, so I guess that's it. That's how it ends. Like we're done. We, we can't plan anymore. We can't do anything. We can't, you know, we can't even have our first dance really, which sucked, um, <clears throat> which was uh, honestly super tough, but I'm sure man, sympathy to you, man. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of couples and people had it much worse. We were, I right. feel that we were super fortunate. Um, and we, we went to another, um, one of our friends wedding a couple weeks ago and it was, it was the same thing They, you know, you make the best of with what you have and Absolutely. I think that shows the resilience, the resiliency of the human spirit, I think our relationship in the human spirit and just people in general is that, you know, as long as you can, can put on your yourself and say, I did my best. I did what I could. This is what I have. And again, you just make the best of it, right? You just, you just put your, your foot forward and you you keep on trucking. March on. And and I think, I mean, we, we had the wedding I wanted. I wanted a super small thing, friends and family, nothing big. And we do a big party at the end or later or whatever. I'm cool with that. It happened that way. Originally we were like, you know what? No, we're going to, we're going to do a big thing because we can. We don't know when we will again. Anyway, it worked out differently, but it, it it was the best. It was the best we we had. We could have done with what we had. True. And I just I can't express how. I mean, we still got married, right? We now have that badge of honor that we got married in the pandemic. Yes, thank you. Uh, we got married in the pandemic. So that's like a, a stamp seal. Of Something approval. to tell children. Something yeah, to tell children. I mean, um, and I do, I mean, I had to shout out like our, our friends that got married just recently. So they had like a big church wedding. It was a Catholic thing. Really pretty, really cool. And then they did kind of like a pseudo reception at like a park where they got engaged. It was really cute. It was like in this gazebo. So they did their... Um, made matron of made made and matron of honor speeches and their best man speeches because they both had two um people and then they were able to do their first dance and a cake cutting and then some other pictures that we didn't stick stick around for but it was still like it was really cute and they had like they were regardless of if they were going to do a church wedding they were going to that park and going to do some pictures mm-hmm. there and it was it was just like a really cute thing and i don't know Again, I think it just shows kind of the resiliency and the, the like, you work with what you've got. You know, you don't, you don't make it harder. I guess yeah. it's like, you know, you work with what you've got, you move forward, you progress and you say, this is what we got. We can take it or leave it, right? Thanks. You take it, you know, you move forward, you work with it. If you leave it, then you're out that and that's no, no harm, no foul, but you now got to kind of sit with that. I'm not, I'm not good with that. So yeah, that's my, that's my spiel. What a year it's been. What a year. So in our year in review, um, do you have any, or I'll, I'll phrase it differently a, a little bit better. How do you feel about New Year's resolutions, both for people and in your own personal opinion in life? I love them. I think they're great. Oh, that's good. That's great. What do you feel about them? Like, explain that. (laughs) 
I'm not a fan. I'm Yeah, I know. I'm not a fan. Uh well, let's do this because we, we talked a little bit off mic. What specifically are you not a fan of? Let me tell you what clogs my cogs, good friend. There it is. Mm, I hate it. <laughs> I want to preface with I love the idea of self-betterment. I love the idea of trying to improve and continue your knowledge and do better for your body. Love all those things. Love them. But my industry is built on some of those. Coffee my, shop. My problem, what? Is your industry coffee shop? <laughs> No, the fitness industry. Okay. My my catch up on New Year's resolutions is it seems like okay, so maybe I'm a bit biased given the field that I work in, but everyone well, I sets think, these go ahead. I was gonna say I think you you've made a good preference with like the industry you're in, and I think you wanna also preference with I think you see enough of this to have a, a bias E. So like for a second, let's put on your different hat and say you're not a a fitness professional. How would you feel about if you're a lay person? There you go. Take off your your company cap and and be a a barista for a minute. How would you feel about New Year's resolutions? Even then, or, I think even then I think I'd get sick of them because if you think about the volume of people that I see in the coffee shop hundreds of people and i'm sure all of them have the same three to five resolutions i want to learn more i'm gonna get back to school i'm gonna read books sounds great don't dislike it i'm gonna get more fit i'm gonna lose weight i'm gonna eat cleaner i like it can't disagree with it um what's something else that they always uh if you're a younger person i'm gonna get more involved maybe that's volunteering uh, maybe it's uh, community service or getting involved in organizations. Great. Love or young, young or old. Say what? You said young or old. You can get involved. Could be anyone. Um, maybe professional goals. I'm going to move further up the corporate ladder. I'm going to get a better job. I'm going to make more money. Great. Like it. You have goals. Nothing against it. Sure. And without a doubt, if I were to strike up a conversation with those same people three months down the road, road well, where are you at with your New Year's resolution? How are things coming along? How are you doing? I haven't done any of them. Well, okay. Now I can take that. <laughs> Fine. How far along are you with your goal of, and again, I call this the mirror of accountability. I'm just holding up what someone has told me. Mm -hmm. I want to lose, call it 15 pounds. Great. Good goal. Hold the mirror three months down the road. So how's that 15 pounds coming along? Mirror to your face. A answer it. Like, do you think it's coming along well or no? More often than not, no, so I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't done it. I haven't done anything. Okay, well, what steps have you taken to get you closer to the goal you set? Um, I bought a cookbook with healthy recipes. Love hey. it. Love Step it. Step one, plan. Now tell me how many of those recipes have you tried? Well, the book is still, still wrapped up. <laughs> so none. Ain't cracked the spine yet. So none. So you're telling me you have set a goal at the beginning of a year simply because it's a new calendar year. And you're telling me that you've not done any of the groundwork to lay steps to get you closer to that goal. You've done nothing to layer in accountability between you or your loved ones or friends or family. Okay. You haven't hired any professional sources to help you get further along. Okay. And you expect me to believe your resolution that you've set? 
ah, I'm sorry, call it a cynic. I, I can't get behind it. It's, it's bordering on unhealthy. Like you, a goal without a timeline is just a dream. I would rather they, what's your new year's dream? My dream is to get more fit this year mm. and lose 20 pounds. Love that dream. That sounds like a good year. And I hope, I wish the best for you. My goal is to lose 15 pounds. Great. How are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to start tracking my macros. I'm going to start looking at calories and intake. I'm going to look at my output. I bought myself a new Fitbit. I'm going to commit to at least three days of 20 minutes of moderate paced walking. I'm going to see what my output is, what my input is, and I'm going to make minor adjustments so that I inch closer to that goal of losing 15 pounds. Woo! Knock my socks off. Love it. Love it. On board. I'll follow up with you in a month. Can't wait to see how far that's come. You follow both of them in a month. I actually lost 20 pounds, Dave. Now, 20 pounds in a month is a lot. This is an arbitrary example. I've actually lost 20 pounds, Dave. Oh, shit. You have? Word. That's <laughs> great. I love it. I hope great you talk job. to all your clients like this. <laughs> never. Like, never know not a once. Oh, shit. <laughs> never know not a once. But like if they if they literally took all of those steps and said, I have a goal to lose 15 pounds and here's my sub points, one, two, and three, they're going to get me there. Love it. On board. Can't wait. I'm a, I would get energized by hearing that. But instead, I just get the the goal, the blanket goal. And it's like, no, especially, again, this is describing my, my um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not cynicism. I guess my realism. sense of realism with, yeah. with the world is I see all of these um, gym memberships skyrocket right at beginning January 1. Oh, we're having a special promotion. Come on in. Great. They do. The gym is packed for the first two, maybe three months, pandemic not accounted mm -hmm. for the first two or three months. And then by that, usually not even two months, by the end of that falls way off. No one sticks with it. Everyone that's bought personal training says, you know, I don't need training anymore. I think I can do it. I got it. I figured it out. It's fine. It's like, oh, I'm glad in two months you figured out what I went to school for four years for. Very, very good job on you. You did great. Follow up with them. Well, how'd that come along in December? Almost none of them, a small fraction of them. And no, I'm not saying you have to buy training. I'm not saying you have to get fitter. No. But if you have a goal, have a clear way of getting to the goal. Don't just say something arbitrary because it's a new year. That's so, so, so I guess are your frustrations um, because they are, because resolutions and goals are set as arbitrary or, or is it the idea, the mere idea of said quote new year's goals or resolutions like I guess, yeah. Is it is it the whole institution, or is it the fact that they're not really more the founder? Okay. You should be improving yourself more than once a year. If you do it once a year, fuck, are you in trouble? Fair point. Think about your car. If you said, "Well, it's January one, got to get my car into the shop," it's like so you haven't done oil changes, tire changes, no windshield wipers. You haven't winterized your car. You haven't done shit for your car. You're taking it once a year, and you're expecting that thing to run. Op you can buy a new car. You can't buy a new body. What? Once not a year, yet. Not yet. Once not yet. Once a year, I need to tune this thing up. What the? Where do you live? That three hundred under a rock. <laughs> three hundred sixty-four days. I'm great. I got it figured out. I'm good. And then one day, I think I could do a bit better. The fuck? What? Mm. So yes, the timeline. The second thing, which we talked about earlier in the episode, that gets my gears all worked up, is that people aren't prepared to be locked in a room with themselves, right? So when you took the pandemic that we used as an example. People couldn't go anywhere, and they had to answer some really hard questions, especially amidst all the political stuff this country saw. Well, imagine sitting in a room once a year and actually staring yourself in the face and saying, what do I know I can do? What do I need to hire mm. help for? And what's out of my control? Where do I want to be? But more importantly, why do I want to be there? I want a better job. Great. Good goal. 
Why do you want a better job? Well, I want to earn more money. Love it. What's more money going to get you? A couple of good answers. My kid's college education. Love it. Better house for me and my wife. Love it. It's going to help me pour money into continued educational sources to be better at my craft. Love it. Well, I want a new car. What? I want a bigger house so that I can, you know, keep up with the Joneses. What? Like, ask yourself, what are your goals? Why do you have those goals? And will they actually make you feel fulfilled and happy? If yes, proceed on and make a plan. If no, that's fine. Just be honest with yourself. I like nice things. I want a nice car. Well, but I think I I get the point you're, I think I get the point you're trying to make, but I kind of want to throw a wrench and say, please do. I think, how do I say this? I think whatever somebody's logic and reason behind doing something is their own logic and reason. So I don't think it's fair to say that like whether or not you do something for a particular reason, it's still that reason and that reason is fair and valid. Whether it be the just reason to do something, if you are just keeping up with the Joneses, yeah, you're going to fall down like a, a that hole of um, materialistic and, and like those things are going to fill a void. Disagree like, respectfully. Okay, go for it. I'm not I'm not sitting here putting myself on a pedestal trying to say you have to be in it for the right reasons and that there gotcha. are, that there are clear cut absolute binary right right uh, reasons mm-hmm. and wrong reasons. No, 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 I'm not the judge of anybody's life but my own. What I am saying is that people set these goals because they sound good or they think that's what they need to do and they don't take the time to say are these goals actually getting me where I so, would be. So it's it's the the um the short-sightedness of it. Yeah, so it's the idea of is it obtainable and is it valid? Because I think those are... Sure, valid, maybe. Or I may. Yeah. Simon Sinek gave a really good um, quote. Well, he did like a presentation or whatever that I was watching on YouTube. And he made a really good point about, you know, when a company sets its goal, it has a goal of where it's going to get and how it's going to get there. And it has all these sub points, right? If you are my neighbor... And we were both outside and you were packing up the car. And I said, hey, Aaron, where are you going? We're going on vacation. That's great. Where are you guys going to go? We're going to get on 71 and just drive. Say, I'm sorry, what? You're going to do what? We're going on vacation. We're going to get on 71. I'm just going to drive. Um, 71 North or 71 South? Don't know, Dave. It'll work out. Okay, well, um, where are you planning on staying? Where are you lodging? Don't know, Dave. It's vacation. We'll figure it out. It's like, I'm sorry, what? Or if I'm hitchhiking and you pull by me and you say, hey, I'm going 100 miles north and I need to go 100 miles south. But I say, you know what? I need to go 100 miles and I get with you. I'm further from my goal. So when you talk about self-improvement, you need to know where are you even trying to go? Mm. I think, I guess I, I that's probably the, the nugget I would I would want to draw out of. Because I think if you set a goal, you should have that goal be able to um, evolve and update as you do. So I of think course. having a direction is better than setting the goal, right? So if, you're direct, if your aim is to say 20 pounds, right? That's your, like you said, that's your dream. That may be your end goal. But I think your resolution should be to hit 10,000 steps a day. Right. That to me, I feel like that'll get you to your end goal. 
that's well, what, maybe that's, that's what you're the talking about off. is process oriented versus goal oriented true resolutions yeah and i think that's where we differ too because you are very process and i'm very uh, maybe goal oriented no 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 i'm i'm i think you're definitely you goal oriented i am goal oriented but i have an appreciation and, and an understanding for the fact that process is where we get you there you're saying mm. i'm fine with the goal have some other goals but you know set big goals that's that's good that's great i'm on the other side set a big goal if you want that's fine but have a plan of action that holds you accountable to that goal right so to your point if your goal is to lose 20 pounds well what are some sub goals that we can set a step goal Ten thousand is ambitious for someone with a sedentary job maybe it's five depending on where they're at six seven eight thousand steps ten whatever um managing their diet a two thousand calorie diet what are you taking now don't know Okay, so let's get a grip on that. Let's shoot for two. Increase physical activity. Are you lifting at all? None. Shoot for just two days. And again, it's not about throwing all of these processes at somebody, but to, if your goal is to get healthier, using that as an example, how are you going to get healthier? What does that look like for you? Or education. Take that. I want to get smarter. Perfect. Love it. Pick a topic you don't know a lot about. Go to a library. Enroll in a class. Do an online class. Go to a community center. You got options, but don't just say, I want to learn more about stuff. Well, you got to pick some stuff. You got to pick some stuff. Um, no, nah, just stuff. Yeah. Oh. It's it's the study of wombology. Of what? <laughs> of what? Wombo. He, she, wombo, wombology. Come on, SpongeBob. This is second grade. <laughs> you don't remember that? No. Oh, what? Oh, uh, uh. Well, that's fun. It's been it's been a good time. We had a good run. <laughs> Great episode. Log it here. Great um, friendship. We're over. <laughs> um. So, yeah, my beef is not is not with resolutions. It's I think with the arbitrary number we place on it and the lack of accountability that a majority of people seem to have around. When I sit down and do resolutions, I go through a whole action plan. Where mm-hmm. do you want to get? How do you want to get there? Why is this important to you? Where is this out of my priority list? Is it top of the line? I need to knock it out now. Is it bottom of the road, knock it out before the year? How are we going to get there? The clearer that map can be, and you're right that that map should change. It should change. We're always people that are evolving. And to do it once a year is insane to me, ridiculous to me. So I will, to have I will say, say I, uh, we're going to branch yeah. off here and we're going to go to this city and then we're going to go to mm-hmm. that city. It's not wrong as long as it's planned and allowed by you because you're driving the car. But to just say, we're just going to go south on 71. Don't know where, don't know how long. We're just going to go south on 71 because south of 71 is what everyone says is good. Well, I think, well, I think, I like, I agree with that idea, but I think to put a caveat, I think an exploratory goal is fine. So if you say, I want to, I want to get smarter and that's kind of like, sure. If you want to explore things, do stuff. Like if you want to take a drive somewhere, yeah, go ahead, take a drive somewhere. But at some point in time, you're going to run out of gas, right? So you, you're you right. You do have to have some type of plan. But if the idea is I just kind of want to explore something and figure out things, I say go for it, right? I'm I say against that either. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying, but I say if your goal is to, if your goal is to explore, explore, right? Don't, don't give yourself a plan because I think exploring without a plan leads to bigger explorations than saying, we're going to walk this trail, right? It's it's the road less traveled by, right? I don't have anything against that. Like yeah. I said, it's the accountability piece. 
And if your goal literally is, I want to learn more, I don't have any specific topics. And again, resolutions are personal. Me and Aaron talked off mic. They're personal. Mm-hmm. You don't have to tell me your resolutions. It doesn't matter none to me unless you're going to have me hold you accountable. It doesn't much matter. It's your life. It's your story that you're writing. Good luck to you. Sure. Got off on a tangent here. Um, no. I believe it. <laughs> um, hmm. There's nothing. I respect it so much more if someone says, I want to learn more. Mm-hmm. I don't have any topics in mind, but I want to explore the things that just catch my interest. I want to grow in a field that I don't think I know nothing about. I want to keep, you know, the job I have, I'm very happy, but I want to explore this area of things that I'm really passionate about. Res- all the respect in the world. I love that. Right. But again, don't come to me with hard set goals and nothing underneath them. If your goal is to get healthier, mm. if your goal is just get healthier, okay, that's fine. Nothing wrong sure. with that. Yeah. Do you have a plan of how you're going to get there? I'm going to just take this first month and see what I take in. I'm going to see what I can tweak. Respect. Love that. That's realistic. That's no problem. No problem at all. But if it's like, I want to lose 20 pounds, and you have no idea how you're going to lose that weight. Now that's where I got a problem. So I think maybe I can help us find a little bit of a, of a, um, a direction so we can kind of surmise a little bit easier. Can you, cause I think you explained it previously pretty well. Can you talk about, um, how you maybe categorize goals? Like you have your, your realistic obtainable and optimal, right? Or yep. can, or could you do that in like a short few sentences? Yeah. So when I sit down and look at my goals, I think, um, well, sorry, not even like for you, just kind of like when someone general. makes a goal, no, no. Like when, like when you are at your, um, you and your gym are, are setting goals for like athletes. How do you categorize them? Maybe is that what, that's the better. Cause you uh, have to make a short one answer. You talk about capable versus optimal. Yes. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Oh, so a point, a concept that I use a lot in the gym is the concept of capable. Ooh, words are hard. Capable versus optimal. Meaning, um, are we able to do something? Mm-hmm. Sure. Does that mean we should do something? Maybe, maybe not. Um, so when you talk about training in-season athletes, um, actually, we won't even draw that parallel. When I look at a guy that is looking at a trap bar with 315 on it, and I know his last set was with uh, 135, and he goes, he just stares at it. I can see him doing the math in his head. And I walk up to him and I go, you want to lift that, don't you? And he goes, I think I could do it. <laughs> and I look at him, and maybe the kid is capable of that, sure. I look at him and I say, maybe you can. Let's think about this. Capable. Are you able to lift it? Probably. I'm not going to doubt you. I bet you could. Is it optimal? Well, you got four games coming up this weekend. Uh, You mentioned to me previously that you were highly fatigued coming in today. And I don't say this to him, but I saw you all through the warm-up messing around and not paying attention. So is it optimal to pick that up? Certainly not. Certainly not. What happens if you mess yourself up? Um, Further. Could be anything in your back, your hips, knees. Could be any number of factors. Are you capable of of lifting it? Yes. Is it optimal? No, no, it's not. Is that the point you were talking about? I think so. And I I guess maybe drawing those parallels to um, non-fitness related things. So if you're just building out goals, like could you give it in maybe one or two sentences as somebody... I'm somebody being me looking at goals for a week, a month, a year. I always try to look at them and say, you know, what can I do versus what do I want to do? So maybe putting it in that perspective is what I'm trying to look for. Say that the, that last part again. 
That's what I'm looking for. I mean, right. Okay. Um, so when you're Sorry, setting I'm, goals for the new year with <laughs> capable and optimal in mind, I would work, I would reverse engineer it. So I would say if you're setting goals for yourself, think about what's optimal for you. Put that down on paper for me. Opti- for me optimal helps. being what? Um, a healthier you. Well, no, sorry. Define optimal in this sense. I'm optimal being the better, the best bang for buck, meaning what helps you perform at the highest level. Again, when I say goals and talk about accountability, you're, a person's goal should be to get them where they want to be in life. You should be happy with where you're at. If you're not, we need to look at what can you optimize in your life? Meaning, do I need to sit down and look at my budget? Do I need to sit down and get in the gym? Not sit down. Do I need to get up and get to the gym more? Do I need to start meal planning? Do I need to start continuing education? Do I need to start asking my boss when that raise is coming, if it's coming? And if not, maybe I look at other jobs. What's optimal? Are you where you want to be with finance? Are you where you want to be with business? Are you where you want to be with personal life, fitness, all that? If all those boxes are checked, you don't need a New Year's resolution. You're living a good fucking life. <laughs> right? <laughs> Fuck it. Sure. Fuck New Year's yeah. resolution. What's my resolution? Stay on course. Right. Um, and if not, then we need to start um, optimizing some of those sectors. So I would, like I said, work in reverse. Optimal, capable. How do we optimize things? So we have those points figured out. What are you capable of realistically of changing? Right? Mm-hmm. So if I know finance, eh, we can do better there. And um, fitness, eh, I can do better there. But professionally, very happy with where I'm at. Uh, wife and kids, very happy with where I'm at. Great. Just keep doing well with those. Do what you've done. So now we look at those two. What are you capable of? Can I sit down and look at my budget monthly and touch it up? Yes. Do so. Um, can I make more money? Yes. Do so. Uh, can I continue my education? Yes. Great. Fitness, hit all those same boxes. And then say, well, what does that look like? When I sit down, what day of the week am I going to sit down and look at my finances? Mm-hmm. What days am I going to get into the gym? What app am I going to use to track my nutrition? What actionable steps will allow you the best bang for buck? So right. optimal, what needs optimizing? And capable, what's realistic that you can put in place? Mm. No. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I guess that was kind of what I was looking for is to define what those meant in the context of not a fitness context. I think it's all, again, I don't want to get too deep down a rabbit hole, but um, I heard a really good quote a long time ago that I still carry and that when we write programs, it is literally an experiment. Right. We don't know how the body will take to any of this. So in the interest of doing that, we need to program very safely and we need to have the fewest moving variables so we know what works, right? Life is not entirely too different. So when you do a New Year's resolution, you change up the entire plan, right? I'm going to have 1,500 calories a day. I'm going to get to the gym four times a week. I'm going to put 10 hours of continued edit in my week. I'm going to do 10 hours of journaling. I'm going to ask my boss for a raise, and I'm going to pick up 20 hours of work. It's like you've, you've done nothing that you've done this last year. You're changing everything. You're rolling mm-hmm. the dice and thinking it'll come out better. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Pick a few small things, change them, and see what big of an impact that has. And if it's good, keep it change a couple other small things don't change the whole plan pick a couple of things i'll get to the gym two times a week i'm just going to watch what i eat meaning track it not change the whole thing yeah i'm going to pick up 10 hours of work 
that allow me to execute being mentally sharp and put out a high quality of work. Because I know after that, my work goes to shit and it's going to throw off my work-life balance. Don't, don't swap out the whole deck. Change mm. a couple of cards. See how it deals. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. That means it got me this far. So, I know you said that you think that they're personal, but do you, do you have any resolutions that you feel comfortable displaying discussing yeah I well know. i mean based on how the uh, accountability episodes that we've done went <laughs> not eager to share i'll say but <laughs> you mean the ones that just kind of died yes yeah um i have i think three in mind one just share is, one of them just share one i have to pick just one yeah well just it doesn't have to be the big one just pick one i'm gonna pick the one that you shared with me i'm gonna pick the one that you shared with me because i think it's a good one um as you know aaron and i talk a lot both on mic and even more so off mic and he suggested an interesting new year's resolution that i think i might need to figure out how to actionably put in place he suggested taking a few more days off um and actual days off not working days off yep. yep and that's something that i don't think i do well enough so i'm going to figure out a way this is me saying i'm going to figure out a way to put that into my into my plan and to his point, taking more actual days off does not just mean putting in a day off request at work and then coming home and doing my own work, which I love to do. Right. It means yep. actually putting mindful thought. This sounds so paradoxical, but putting mindful <laughs> thought into doing nothing because batteries need to recharge. And when you go from working on something to working on something else, it doesn't allow for that full recharge. So I think I'm going to try to find ways to take actual days off here, which means I need to reshuffle my days and priorities to allow myself that time. Right. I think that is um, absolutely a, a, a great way to put it. And I'm truthfully, and I don't say this the way it's going to sound. I am I'm, I'm honored that you took that into account because I think that that's says something big about you um, and that I can suggest something and say, and that you actually like take it into account and, and say, you know what? You're right. I I appreciate that a lot. Oh, I didn't say you were right. I said well, no, no, but but you know what I mean. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. That it is that you've introspectively said, "I got you." Yeah. Um, no, so I appreciate that a ton. Um, but I think that's great. I think that's a good point to make, and I think you're um, right in saying to thoughtfully or how did you say it? Put thought into doing nothing is. I tell my clients that because yeah. I tell I tell half of them to rest, right? And what does rest look like for them? Well, I went to school and then I went to uh, to a practice and then I had you know another skills session and it's like you didn't rest at all, you right. didn't rest at all. Or even adult clients, I say, hey, you need to rest. And it's like, all right. So what did you do this weekend? Uh, Worked around the house, picked up the kids, made dinner. Well, yeah, or, you know, yeah. well, I went out and I biked really far or I ran this far or, you know, I went to the kids, this, that, and another thing. And it's like, pause. <laughs> Where in there did you sit down and do nothing? I, I really didn't, Dave. And it's like, well, you need to at some point. At some, You have to carve out time to deliberately do nothing. Mm -hmm. And allow yourself the peace of mind and not have guilt over it. That's probably tougher for me. I was going to say, that's probably one of my biggest things too, is that, you know, it's different when, like I always set, a I set aside time that I want to work on my stuff. And it usually comes in like a, at a, like a lunch break 
or something in between stuff. And then I always kind of equate that to like, if for me, um, like if my break time during the week is my lunch hour and whenever I get home, that's my time. But during the, the week end, if I can gain, how do I say that? Gain time to do nothing. I'm doing okay. Like I hate jam packing the week and the weekend because I know for me, I just need time to just not do anything and I'll be okay. You give me like a couple hours on a Saturday or Sunday to just like rest, recharge and reinvigorate and I'll be all right. Big facts. <clears throat> Big facts. Yeah. I do want to say, I do want to clear up. I don't dislike, I'm not bashing, I'm not hating on anybody that does set New Year's resolutions. They are personal to you. Um, I'm not here to to guilt trip you or make you feel horrible. I'm hopefully trying to help you set some level of accountability with them. But again, them being as personal as they are, you you set goals what you set what goals you want and get as far as you're willing to put in the work to get. Mm-hmm. I wish everyone well with their New Year's resolutions. And if everyone stick to them, I think we'd have a better U.S. and a better planet all around if people did. So I hope they do. I hope they do. That's a fair point. Anything else you want to wrap this episode up on? No. I think I stuck by with not doing any of mine. So I'm I'm good on that one. Don't worry. We'll talk off mic. Ah, okay. Well, you want to handle the outro? Not particularly, but it will. I can no, I got something. I got something cooked. Yeah, take it away. Um, well, first, thank you for everybody who's listened this past year, um, who stuck with us, who's hung out and um, invited us into wherever you're listening, however you listen, and anybody who's given us feedback either through our, our channels or even in person or anything. Um, so we thank you immensely. Um, if we did forget anything or miss anything from this past year that you want us to touch on definitely yeah write in send us an email send us a message on on whatever social media you prefer preferably instagram because that's the one we're on um yeah or email um aaron and dave podcast at gmail.com it'll be in the show notes as well as our instagram handle so um send us something there but again i can't stress this enough we thank you a ton uh, hopefully in this next coming year, we will have some some big stuff coming up for you guys to help increase your your listening experience. Um, that's pretty much all I had. I wanted to just give a big thank you and thank you for listening to this episode. Be safe. Enjoy the uh, New Year celebrations you may or may not be having. Stay positive. Um, be safe in your celebrations as well. Keep distance. Yep. Keep masks. Yep. So we can all get out of this pandemic. In one piece. In one piece. All right, man. Catch you next time. See you, buddy. Bye. Bye.